Welcome to Global Outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to our podcast today. Don't you just love a mystery? <laughs> yes. Mysteries are so amazing and so fun. And, and you wonder what's going to happen next and what is hidden from our view. That's what a mystery is all about. It's something that's hidden from our view. Well, we're going to take a deep dive into the scriptures today to help us equip for the global outpouring that's coming by helping us to understand some of the mysteries of God. Ephesians chapter 1 has a mystery in it. Let's talk about that. Verse 3 starts out with, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. And that could mean in every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Can you imagine how many spiritual blessings there are in, in heavenly places in Christ? And, and they're all available to us. There's a whole lot of mysteries there. But verse 4 says, according as he, that's our father, has chosen us in him before the foundation of of the world. In other words, before he said, let there be light, he already chose us. He already, he, he already thought us through. He already imagined what it was going to be like, and he already foreknew all of the choices that we were going to make, whether good, bad, or ugly, or even stupid. <laughs> and we've all made good, bad, ugly, and stupid choices. Mm -hmm. But he chose us in himself before he ever said, let there be light, that we should be holy. Now, that word holy means separated or um, set apart, set apart to him without blame, without blemish, before him in love, his kind of love. That's That word love is agape, and it, it means the kind of love that looks at the person who's being loved and sees what that person's needs are and goes out to meet those needs. It's not about what the person loved desires, like with our children. Our children have all kinds of desires, right? Mommy, mm -hmm. get me this. Mommy, I want that. Or Grandma, I want yeah. this. Would you please <laughs> give me that? No, but that kind of love looks at what the child needs and yes. provides it. Yeah, and that's tough love. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes it's tough love, but it's it's love that looks for what's needed. So let's let's look at this again so we can unpack it correctly. According as he, our Father, has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy, that we should be set apart without blame, without blemish, before him in love. Amen. I'm going to read this in the Passion Bible, verse 4. And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. And when you look at he ordained us, you know, we have ordination here. Yeah. You know, when, when, you're, when you go through a Bible school, you know, you do your training and you go to a, whether you're going to a mission board or something, and they give you a certificate when you pass the criteria that is asked of you. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you do all the work, the paperwork, this, that, done the Bible school. And it's just so exciting, you know, like you say, well, you look at your classmate or something, they're so much a better speaker than I am. You know, they're, you know, they, they're just so gifted, you know, da, 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 da. But it says here that, you know, Jesus ordained us. Mm-hmm. Our you Father. Know, our Father ordained us because we're written on his heart. Mm-hmm. And so if we're written on his heart, he's always thinking about us. Hallelujah. So think about that unstained. Unstained. He has ordained us to be seen by him as unstained. And that's what the blood of Jesus does. I think we'll find that as we go on with this with this scripture. I'm going to read this out of the King James. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, I want to unpack that for just a moment. That word predestinated has made a whole lot of people go kind of crazy. Like predestinated, wait a minute, does that mean that God made all the choices ahead of time about who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved and who's going to be this and who's going to be that? And so it's kind of like capricious, you know, kind of like his decision. Okay, I like this one. I don't like that one. It's not that at all. It's that we, if we have a belly button, (laughs) you know, we were ordained we were sent here by God through a mother and a father. Our life began with that flash of light at conception, and he sent us to earth with a purpose, with an assignment. And all of that is wrapped up in what we're, what we're studying today, that we were ordained in love to be blameless to be he he already knew he already knew ahead of time all the mistakes that we were going to make all the choices we were going to make the good bad the ugly the stupid he already knew those things and he he god so loved that agape love he mm-hmm. saw that we had a need for a savior yes so he so loved that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him wouldn't perish. We wouldn't have to pay the penalty of death for our sins. Jesus paid it for us. Paid it all. He sure did. So he predestinated us to the adoption of children. That's what we're predestinated to. We're we're predestinated to be adopted. We're predestinated to be redeemed. Hallelujah. Here's verse 5. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. That's it. We have to understand that it's our Father's good pleasure. It's his gracious purpose in his will. It's his will that we should all be saved. It's his will that we should all be made like him, to be restored to that place that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden, where at the end of the day, in the cool of the day, they would go walking with their father, walking in the garden, just enjoying his presence, learning from him, having relationship with him. 
You know, back in the day before we had all this entertainment and television and YouTube and, you know, all the stuff that distracts us, folks used to sit around a campfire and tell stories at the end of the day. Or sit on the front on the front porch. Right, right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I guess I'm going back a little further. <laughs> or maybe I'm going to, you know, cultures that don't have all of those things, or, if there um, are still any. Or have air conditioning. So uh, right. That's why they're sitting on the <laughs> on the front of the house because it's cooler outside in right, the evening. Right. And and I think we had that when we were young, although we had television from the time we were young. But it didn't occupy as much of our life, I don't think. Yeah. But sitting around and telling stories and hearing the stories and you know, those those were things, those are things that we have kind of lost in our culture because we've gone into all of this entertainment stuff. And by the way, the word entertainment means stuck in between. It's oh. like you come into this distraction and you get stuck there in the distraction and you never get all the way through because, you know, once you've had that distraction, then it's in your head and you're replaying it and, and it's entertainment and it distracts you. That's It's a diversion. Yeah. That, that's what it's all about. So we were predestinated. We were thought of ahead. All, all of the stuff about our redemption was preplanned so that we could walk in it, so that we could have that same relationship with our Father that the Lord Jesus had, because he did it right. And when Adam and Eve blew it, they lost their ability to walk with our Father in the same way that Jesus did. See, Jesus came to show us what it's like to walk on this earth and not make those mistakes, not be subject to that uh, soulish nature that came to us from Adam and Eve, but that we could walk in that relationship with our Father where we have this wonderful communication with him and and we're enjoying his presence that's what adam and eve lost and when they lost it they all of a sudden realized that they were naked and they before that they didn't have any consciousness of of their of their nakedness they didn't have of course they were probably clothed with glory in his presence and they lost their glory when they made the choice to disobey and so we have to realize that when we choose deliberately to disobey or when we're hoodwinked into it, when we're duped into, uh, tempted into uh, doing something that we shouldn't do and we decide, yeah, I think I want that, then we lose something. We lose our glory. We lose uh, something of the relationship and we start walking in shame. And the same tempter that came to tempt us into doing the wrong thing now comes as the accuser and keeps us operating in shame to keep us separated from our father. But Jesus came to separate us from the separation. Mm -hmm. He came to, to obliterate and eliminate that separation that comes from sin so that we could walk in that same relationship with our father that Jesus walks in. I want to interject here in the Gospel of John in uh, chapter 17, uh, this is in verse 21, I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given them 
so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me, and now I live fully in them, so that they will experience perfect unity. And the world will be convinced that you have sent me, for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. And when we see, you know, it says, you live fully in me and I live fully in them, so they will, we will experience perfect unity. And that's what they had in the Garden of Eden. Yes. They had perfect unity with the Father, but then they lost it. Yeah, they did. They lost it through sin. But we can regain it back again. We can have that unity. Because the disciples were not in unity. <laughs> no, they were still <laughs> even, busy saying, even, which one of us is the greatest? It's me, it's me. Yeah, I was, that's just what I was going to say. Because just even as they're, they're at the Passover and you know, the Last Supper, and, and they're, they're arguing, which one's going to be the greatest? You know, and, and not having an idea what is going to happen within just a few hours from there. But after the Holy Spirit had come, you know, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, and then they had the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That changed everything, and they were able to come into a unity with the Holy Spirit. And that's when, and in, in prayer, and the, and the room would shake, there'd be earthquakes, and yeah. as we heard, they got together and having prayer, and, and that's unity. Because when you have unity like that, it opens the heaven and and uh, not only spiritual things happen opening the heavens, but sometimes things in the natural happen. Yes, and that's what happened, and the earth shook. Yeah, well, as that's one gathered of, in prayer. That's one of the things that that you see in the Old Testament as well. When God came close, there came shakings. You know, yes. that's what happened at Mount Sinai, and and yeah. there's there's other places that are recorded that that when the presence of God comes, the earth trembles. And and we're supposed to tremble in his presence, you know, yeah. that we're, we're made of earth, remember? Yeah. And so if the earth trembles at his presence, we also should tremble at his presence. And I think that's really what the fear of the Lord is about. Mm. But that's, an, that's another thing for another podcast. But we're, we're talking about the praise of his glory. His glory is just so amazing. The word glory in, in the Greek is doxa, and it means recognition. And it also means that thing that emanates, that sort of a stuff like light that emanates from him, that glory that emanates from him, that brilliance that causes us to turn aside to look like, whoa, what is that? Kind of like a, like a sunrise or a sunset. There's such glory in that light, the, the, way, that, the way that it is transformed at the, at the horizon where all these different colors come up. It's glorious. And it causes us to turn aside to look. Yes. Like you're driving down the highway and, uh, you know, you, you suddenly see that, that sunrise or sunset or whatever, that it's this amazing thing. Oh, look at that. You know, <laughs> yeah. and this is what, what God has ordained for us is to be to the praise of his glory, the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. This is verse six. And I think you read it already in the Passion. Yes. It's to the praise of the glory of his grace. Now that word grace is charis. And just a second, I'm going to look it up in the lexical aids to the New Testament in 
the Hebrew Greek Key Study Bible. That's the one that I use. And I just love how how Spiros Oliades goes into depths and unpacks all of these Greek words for us because he was Greek himself and he was a scholar of biblical Greek as well. But understanding the modern Greek and the ancient Greek it gives him a leg up, you know, it gives him an advantage. So the word is charis, and it comes from a word that means to rejoice or joy, favor, acceptance, a kindness granted or desired, a benefit, thanks, gratitude, grace. So what charis means is, and this is, okay, to the praise of the glory of his grace. We're talking about grace. Here's here's what it means. A favor done without expectation of return, absolute freeness of the loving kindness of God to man, finding its only motive in the bounty and free-heartedness of the giver, unearned and unmerited favor. And then it goes on to say, God's grace affects man's sinfulness and not only forgives the repentant sinner, but brings joy and thankfulness to him. Mm, so that's to, it's to the praise of the glory of his charis, his grace. It brings joy to us, mm-hmm. and it brings joy to him. Yeah, and we wonder why don't we always see God's glory? You know, we we you feel it, but there are those that you know they see, and the 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 Lord will life lift the veil off their eyes, and they'll see the glory of God. Yeah, and. Uh, I think a good way to maybe express this, you know, I, I grew up in the big city, and when I'd come down here to Arkansas, and I'd go up on the mountains up there where there was no light at night, and I looked up, I could see the Milky Way. I mean, because there was no pollution where we're at, there was no other lights, the sky was clear, and I could see that where I could not see that in a city. Mm-hmm. It's like, Wow, where has that been all my life? Right. You know, it's like a veil was lifted off. And that's what it is even, you know, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul talks about there's the glory of the sun, the glory of the moon, glory of the stars, and one star differeth from another star in glory. And it's all how much we let the Lord take the veil off our eyes. And it's like our former vice president said, um, there's three things that you always have in real estate. It's the value of real estate. It's location, location, location. But the value that we have within the spirit realm is relationship, relationship, relationship. Yes. That's what hinges everything. Just like on a a house on a hill overlooking a beautiful scenery, an ocean or a river, the property value goes up. And so it, it is with our relationship. You know, the it's like... Our value in the spirit realm goes up because we are more valuable when we are tuned into the spirit of God, when we're ministering to someone, or wherever you're walking, you are a value, you are a treasure wherever wherever you go. God can use you at any place, any day, if you're tuned in to hearing what he has to say. Right. And the more we keep saying yes to him, the more we keep pressing into him, the more we keep our eyes on him, the greater our relationship will be. And the relationship is established because of what Jesus paid for. And he paid for it with his blood. In verse 7, it says, I'm back in Ephesians 1, in whom we have redemption 
through his blood. It's his blood that gives us redemption. We used to sing a song, it's the blood that sets sets me free. free. Yes. Yeah. And it's his blood that sets me free from the penalty of sin. But it not only sets us free from the penalty of sin, it establishes us into relationship with our Father. And that relationship starts at that point. And we have the opportunity daily to grow that relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you when you fall in love. Remember those days, darling. <laughs> oh, when, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. And and we just we just wanted to spend time together. And mm-hmm. and that's how it is with our father also. He wants us to spend time with him, to get to know him. Yeah. And, and not just be satisfied with what we're told about him in yeah. church or, you know, wherever we're, you know, whoever's podcasts or, or YouTube videos we're watching or if we're going to church or wherever wherever we're, you know, in a Bible study or whatever. It's not just what you hear mm-hmm. in a conversation or in a sermon. It's about developing that relationship where we learn to hear his voice yeah. and we learn to be moved by his spirit. Yeah. And that comes through studying the Word ourselves. It's good to start out in a Bible study and to be challenged by other people. That's really important to have relationships in the body yeah. where, where we're studying together. But, but when we unpack things, studying ourselves and letting the Holy Spirit bring up new understanding and new truth and comparing Scripture with Scripture and, and digging deep by going into the, the Strong's Concordance and all those things. What you got? And that brings to mind the, the Scripture. You know, Paul says that I may know him yes, and the power of his resurrection. And that's what we want to know is that is that power of his resurrection in our lives. And it's just like it's all a mystery to right. us. And when and it's like peeling back the layers of an onion, mm-hmm. you know, the more and more that we know, and that's relationship, relationship, relationship. Yes. I mean, you you can sit in church every, you know, every Sunday and you can listen, you know, but if you take notes, that helps. then you can go back and, you know, there's something that just really strikes you. You know, you can go back and you study it and maybe God will start peeling that onion back a little mm-hmm. bit for you. And you're just getting more. And of course, the more and more you do that, the more and more you want to know more. Like, wow, this is really great. You know, God's given this to me. And maybe scriptures you've read many times and and uh, you didn't get what you just got. Yeah. Because it's the more you study them. And it's the same with the Lord. The more time we spend with them. And and it's just sometimes get, just getting quiet in his presence. Yeah. So we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches the abundance what what did the what did the the passion say it was talking about the the overflowing uh i'm in verse 7 the overflowing abundance of his grace is that how it says it in the passion since we are now joined to christ we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood the total cancellation of our sins all because of the cascading yeah. riches of his grace. The cascading riches of his gl- grace. You see like an like a waterfall. Yes. Cascading riches of his grace, abundance, abundance, abundance. His grace, it's that grace 
that gives us redemption. It's that overflowing gift. It's a yeah. gift, and it gives us joy. It's it's like if you've ever had the opportunity to go at Niagara Falls on the Maid of the Mist. You know, it's a boat ride that takes you up the Niagara River, and you go to the base of Niagara Falls. Yeah. I mean, not right at the base, but a little ways off. And you look up at this wall of water. Yeah, and you're getting down. wet too. You're getting wet. And, but, and of course, everybody has a little poncho that you wear and all that because you're going to get wet. Yeah. And that's what it is with the cascading riches of, of God is when you're, you're, they're so, it, it's so big. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's so big and it's so powerful. And it's all there for us. We just have to search for it. Yeah. Well, it's all here in the scripture, and it's all open to us by his grace and by his spirit. So let's read verse 8. He has abounded toward us, that this cascading riches, in all wisdom and prudence. Now, there's a word that the Passion uses there, and I forget what it is. What, what? The superabundant grace is already powerfully working in us, releasing within us all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. Yeah, that's what prudence is, practical, practical understanding. understanding. In other words, you, you get from the Bible how to live practical understanding of how how things work in the spirit so that we can operate the way God designed us to operate before the fall. And that's what's happening with our with our schools when the Bible was taken out. I think an expression Sharon used before is there's no grid for morality. Yeah, that's true. But verse 9 goes on to talk about this mystery. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being, here's that word again, predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, that the gospel of your salvation in whom also, after you believed, you were sealed, sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Read verse 14 in the Passion, because it's so powerful. He is given to us like an engagement ring, is given to a bride as the first installment of what's coming. He is our hope, promise of a future inheritance, which seals us until we have all of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom, all for the supreme glory and honor of God. So wow. what our Father has done through the Lord Jesus Christ is he made a glorious package for us before he even said, let there be light. It says that Jesus was the lamb slain, slain. from the foundation of the world. So before we ever made any mistakes, he already packaged it all up so that Jesus would be our sacrifice to make up for all of our wrong choices and stupid choices so that we could be restored 
into relationship with our Father like dear children. What a mystery. And he's revealing to us. And this is the first mystery revealed. Our Father has wrapped up this gift of his Son for us, to wrap us into his arms in relationship with him like he always intended it to be, so that we could be in this earth to the praise of his glory, of his grace. His great grace is operating in our lives to fill us with himself and that we would be in him. He's in us and we are in him. Our father is in us as we are in him. It's a great mystery that he wants us to understand. He wants us to get it, that this is really all about knowing him because of what Jesus paid for. What glory. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the good news of God's global outpouring. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, connect with us, get a link to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. You can browse our online bookstore for amazing anointed material. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.